0: Saludos and salutations, Broncos country! Welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adam Diaz, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, at Richie Richie Richie. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Well, we do normally have our other co-host, but he's running a little late, so he's going to be here, guys. So be patient. Our good friend, Johnny Taki, will be joining us shortly. And as you can see, my setup is a little bit different because literally just before we went live on the air, I had a technical issue that I couldn't fix in time. So I had to scramble at the last moment. And that's why Rich and I look a little bit different. But I'm just glad that I was able to fix this issue and uh, get, you know, to be uh, here with you guys. So just bear with me for those of you watching us live. But anyway, uh we are, I just want to remind you guys that we are a fan-led Broncos-based podcast where we're filling you in on all things NFL, but more importantly, Broncos news. Keep in mind that we go live every single Thursday at 7654 on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. You know where to put them. Guys, we are in a quest. A quest for 1,000 subs. If you've ever wondered how to support a growing channel, the absolute best way is to do that is to subscribe, hit that thumbs up button wherever you see us on Facebook, retweet on Twitter, and just, guys, comment and share. The more interaction we get on the pods, the more eyes they we get in front of in terms of exposing ourselves, the channel anyway, to Bronco's country. And if that wasn't enough incentive, Glenn Hauser has said that once we hit that 1,000 subs, guys, remember, he is going to do the next MHRT podcast wearing the Barrel Man Barrel. And that's something that I I can honestly say we are all looking forward to so it's coming, guys. But we need your help to get there. Only the barrel. (laughs) Well, I guess the underneath stuff will leave to the imagination, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, guys, just help us with this: subscribe on YouTube, like on Twitter and Facebook, retweet, and just help us share all of our amazing content on all of our pages so that other broncos fans out there in broncos country to know that we are here we're here to stay and we mean business so richie how you doing my friend
1: i'm doing well how are you
0: i'm doing good i know i asked you that earlier but i felt the need to ask you that again because i mean i'm telling you it is for me it has been a really crazy day i mean it kind of makes me wish i knew a little bit more about computers And I'm really getting the urge not to literally throw mine out the window.
1: (laughs) Computers is what I do for my day job. Uh, So uh, if I ever have a computer problem, then I'm probably in the wrong gig. So I'm pretty much always here live and running (laughs) (laughs) tickety-boo.
0: Well, that's great, my friend. So guys, to the topic of today's show, we're gonna talk about what Richie, myself, and when Johnny joins us a little bit later, our expectations are about training camp so if you guys have any comments or ideas or questions for any of us just hit us up in the comments uh watching us live and richie and when johnny gets here they're going to pick out your questions and we're going to answer them to the best of your ability with the time that we are afforded but thank you guys so much for joining us and let's get into today's topic so uh well, Maha first Prophet. things first mm-hmm. uh,
1: thank you very much for joining us uh profit and i thought this was r- rather fitting uh, given the uh the, the glenn hauser comment so I, I wanted to bring this forward for everyone
0: it's a it's a funny comment <laughs> when the barrel man was asked what was under his barrel he replied my boo <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny oh um, that is funny so i mean i, I have a question for
1: everyone here uh, there's going to be a multitude of positional battles and that's actually one of the topics that kind of came up with uh I think Ming and I were both in a back and forth with a few different uh, people. In fact, it may have actually been Mile High Profit where we were talking back and forth about uh, the um, hard knocks and how Denver actually has some very natural, naturally fitting—you know, fit, made for TV, if you will. You know, Banner goes here. Um, mm-hmm. Position battles. Uh, you know, quarterback. Uh, some would argue running back as well. That you know, there's going to be some infighting, particularly in that. Uh, You know, either spot three or four or even one, two, three and four, depending on how aggressive you think that battle is going to go. And, you know, there's going to be a a few other position battles as well. Uh, Cornerback, you know, where's that rank order going to end up with the addition of Pat Sertan and, uh, you know, Fuller and uh, and Darby coming in. So there's a lot of position groups that we got to work through and that our coaches are in an unenviable position of trying to sort out that order and where everyone's going to fit. So, big question is, where would you like to start? we got a lot to cover.
0: I mean, let's start with the most obvious and that's with quarterback. So there's still the rumors about a certain quarterback that could surprise not just our Broncos team, Rich, but the entire NFL in total in terms of maybe possibly landing in Denver. Now, while it would be nice to get into speculation and whatnot. I think it'd be better for us to try to concentrate on more towards reality, which is basically what we have in front of us, which is, you know, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, this is something that we've talked about so much on this show, and it seems like Broncos country is so divided. Some people are for Drew Locke, some people are for Bridgewater. So I just want to see from these guys, when we get to training camp, who wants it more? You know, we've already talked about who we think deserves it or who we think should get it. But I want to see in training camp who wants it more. Because I believe whoever shows that is going to get a little bit more of a bump in terms of, like, more playtime during preseason. Because this is not going to be an easy choice, Rich. You know, for Bridgewater, I think the, the ceiling for him is a little bit higher than for Drew Locke. There's more pressure for Drew Locke to succeed in Denver than there is for Bridgewater. If Bridgewater, let's say, for example, he's the starter and he fails, then it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. You can chalk that up to, you know, just another possible band-aid on the Broncos offense. But for Drew Locke, you know, he was selected by John Elway. And even though Elway's no longer the GM of the Broncos, there's still a lot riding on Drew Locke to try to, you know, bring this team back into salvation. And the Broncos, not just offensively, but defensively as well, are a very stacked team this season. And if there was ever a time to lead this team back to a championship run, it's this season.
1: So again, quite a bit to unpack there. Kind of, I think we need to add actually a little to what you said at the beginning. It's not just divided within Broncos country, as we uh, we've seen from several of the articles, at least the reporting now. We can argue whether or not the reporting is accurate or not, Uh, (laughs) but reports are at the very least that we have what appear appear to be a bit of a not a divide, but at the very least a a choosing of sides, so to speak, between um, Noah Fant and uh, Jerry Judy and some of the other receivers as it pertains to which camp they were all going to go to. Now, Mm -hmm. it is it is possible that rumblings have come through, uh, you know, come through the. <laughs> you know, uh, Dove Valley there, and uh, you know, quashed this whole separation business. Um, so we don't know. And as as fans were, you know, waited with uh, bated breath, saying, "What's going to happen next?" But at the very least, we do know that there was some divide within the locker room about who was going to attend what and where. Mm. And and I think that that has to be, at the very least, mentioned.
0: No, I agree. No, I, I agree. So, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I said: that if you ask me who do I want to start, and and I say this with like just barely a very close second, I would probably say Drew Lock because if Drew Lock fails, there's a better chance for Denver to try to deal him, let's say during the midseason for like a draft pick or something. Whereas Bridgewater, if he fails. Denver would be more than they'd be better off just trying to keep him in a backup role type of thing instead of trying to trade him or cut him because they're still paying him a lot more money than they're paying Drew Locke to play. You know, obviously, if Drew Lock fails, that's more egg in Denver's face. And let's face it, we've had so much egg on our face the last two, two three, uh, a couple seasons coming off that 2015 championship run that it's just, in some cases, you can say it's been unbearable. But with that being said, Rich, I do think that both of these guys, from what we've seen so far, are pretty hungry for this. They they want this. They want the chance to prove themselves, you know. Uh, I can't honestly say who wants it more. I guess we'll see. We'll get to see that. We'll get that answer once, maybe towards the end of preseason, if not sooner. But training camp should be, it'll be the time for one of these guys to step up and say, I'm the guy. Give me the keys. Let's go.
1: Yeah, and, and to your point of, of retaining Teddy as a backup quarterback, he, he was on a three-year deal uh, that he signed last year. We have we have obtained or acquired, if you will, the last two years of that deal. So um, there is some validity in your comment there to say, hey, Drew doesn't work out. We have a, a stopgap here in, in Teddy. Now there is a fair number of number of rumblings, if you will, around the NFL, particularly as it pertains to um, coaching staff and and just the team in general. Perhaps leaning a little bit more towards uh, Teddy Bridgewater than, than Drew Locke. Now y- you do wonder if this is just um, you know almost creating friction for friction's sake. You know how can we drum up eyeballs and views and all that kind of stuff. So. I, I am very, very curious to, to get some insider insight, particularly from inside the building in terms of what, who's taking more first team reps or at the very least um, who seems to be getting um, more looks and more input into how things look. Cause that might actually play a little bit more of a role in terms of where the coaching staff is leaning
0: towards. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So Uh, You know, with that being said, let's move on to the next part of that, which is running backs. You know, we got a really exciting running back room this season. Uh, Melvin Gordon is coming into a second year of a $16 million contract. We got Mike Boone from free agency. And, of course, our our draft prospect in in Williams coming in. So,
1: I mean... I don't want us to forget about Levante Bellamy either. Uh, He was... He was seen as, as, a, as a, actually, if I'm not mistaken, and please, anyone in the chat, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I'm quite certain we paid a premium for uh, Bellamy as a UDFA last draft to keep him on our roster. Now, he got hurt really early, and he was behind, you know, Lindsay and Gordon, so he was kind of a little bit ways down the depth chart, but Bellamy had some real legitimate promise coming out of college, and it'd be very, very curious to see uh, if he can continue that and, and actually maybe supplant someone like Royce Freeman, who is clearly, we'll just say, notably missing from every single coach's presser when running backs are mentioned. We got Gordon, we got Williams, Boone. And then you're kind of waiting there <laughs> saying, there's there's another guy, there's another guy. And then it's like, yeah, so anyways, we got a bunch of cornerbacks too. Um, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: it just I just I really think that Bellamy could be that person that surprises quite a number of people because I think he he has a bit of a similar build from what I recall from a, a guy like Williams and he has that kind of shifty kind of running style which would fit fairly well in our team Some, something we're probably looking for
0: no I, I totally agree but I mean Melvin Gordon in terms of probably those three Mike Boone we only have highlights of him of what he did in Minnesota, but even though he's going to be number three on the on the on the depth chart, I feel he's going to be of more importance in the special teams category. You know, maybe may, maybe not so much returner because if the Broncos might decide to keep Dante Spencer, but there have been pretty good highlights of him when he was in Minnesota uh, returning the ball there, Rich. So. You know, let's not keep well, in mind that he's a pretty. If we're fast just trying back. to
1: add more topics to the show. Then, then, way to go! You just nailed it because uh, <laughs> I mean, again, that that's another legitimate potential camp, you know, camp battle we could be seeing is Boone versus Spencer. And uh, I, I, this is before I, I came into the My High Roundtable here uh, and came into Broncos talk. Is I've actually been a proponent for a very long time of wanting a running back as a dual role running back returner, because I think that's much more valuable to the team where you have someone that can both play special teams and take up a roster spot by actually playing on the offensive side of the ball. In my opinion, that is a much better use of that roster spot for our team.
0: No, and I totally agree. But I guess in terms of who would you probably choose or who would I say has more to lose out of those three, it would probably be Melvin Gordon. Because if Williams comes in and then just completely, you know, turns the, the Broncos offense into a, a machine and he outshines Gordon, Gordon is as good as gone at the end of the season. You know, and, and let's be honest, Gordon looked good last season because Philip Lindsay was injured. So, and, and I had high expectations of that one-two punch between Lindsay and, and Melvin Gordon. But unfortunately, Lindsey wasn't able to speak, uh, to stay healthy and, you know, be play, playing on a continuum, whereas the, the, the Melvin Gordon had to carry the weight of the team and try to be, you know, number one rushing guy and, and all that. And there wasn't really, even though we had Royce Freeman, he wasn't somebody that, you know, when you saw him on the field, that, it would, that he could get like big yards or, or what have you. So I probably think that Melvin Gordon is going to have a better season than he did last year. In terms of, and I'm saying that only because I think he's going to exert himself and try to, you know, convince Denver and if not Denver, somebody out there like, hey, I still got gas in the tank. I can still go, you know, give me some money.
1: (laughs) Well, as they always say in your contract here, this is your audition year, right? Mm -hmm. You're not only auditioning for the team that you're currently on, but you're also auditioning for all the 31 other teams that you're not currently on their roster. So that makes a ton of sense in terms of what you just said. Um, And uh, I think it might be a good idea. I'd just like to, you know, just say hi to everyone who's joined us uh, live. And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I see uh, Travis, EJ, Shadow, Mundungus, the boss. Uh, I saw Dave in here. Thank you very much, Dave. And to answer your previous question, it is a brown ale from Wellington Brewery, a local one here in Ontario. And I believe it was you who was asking me, and I did commit to reaching out they are not legally allowed to ship outside of canada or even ontario for that matter so you have to find someone or come north of the border in order to, to get it um and we have mobad and i saw that's it that's it so i hope uh, i hope everyone else who comes in has a uh, a great show with us today and um I, I would have been a running back, probably, or a linebacker, personally, if I was able to play football here in Canada. However, where I live, uh, our sports here are rugby, uh, because it is much cheaper for schools to run, and we just don't have the robust football programs that uh, my neighbors south of the border have. Uh, so you can say that I'm an envious individual, because I would have much preferred to play football. But... Um, With regards to running backs, I I really think that it's going to be one of the more interesting battles because you pointed out Mike Boone, special teams returner, Melvin Gordon playing in a contract year, competing basically directly with a rookie. You don't draft a guy in the second round as a football team and just kind of like hope you'll wing it. And you know, you draft him with the intention of, of likely being that guy going forward. So you have to imagine Gordon's going to always be looking over his back this year.
0: No, and that's, <clears throat> you're totally right. And all, all, all Gordon needs to do is he just needs to slip up. He, he can't afford to have a bad game. He can't <clears throat> afford to, you know, it, it, it's, it'll just be so interesting. And a lot of people in Broncos country are so excited to see what Williams can bring to the table. You know, our, our, our good friend Boggins was super excited and he's, I'm pretty sure he can, if he was a gambling man, He would bet down a lot of money to say, hey, Williams is going to take the league by storm this year. And I would probably second that bet.
1: I think it's possible. My thing is running back is one of the positions that you can transition from college to the NFL pretty seamlessly. Um, You've seen it with a bunch of running backs, including later round running backs who have come in and really kind of blown you back and said, oh, my gosh, why did you see how well they played? Um, I mean, Philip Lindsay arguably would be that guy coming in as a UDFA, right? I mean, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he comes in two 1,000-yard seasons back-to-back. I I do think, though, that what is incredibly important is that we don't try to get super fancy in terms of running. I think we need to identify what our running backs do really, really well and how they run, you know, whether it be a one-cut-and-go or whatever the case may be, and we need to run that type of running game. We need to stop with this, you know, trying to basically fit a square peg in a round hole. We need to identify what our players do best and do it.
0: No, and I totally agree. But, you know, Rich, running backs are only as good as their offensive linemen. So let's move on to our offensive line, which is probably going to take a good amount of time because it's not just a couple of guys. It's five guys who are I, I don't I can't think off the top of my head if any of them are in a contract year. I don't think so. Uh, I know our right tackle is was just signed. Uh, left guard is still I think in his Glasgow's in his second year. Cushionberry is in his second year. Uh, Reisner is in his third year. Yeah, third. And then obviously uh, Bowles just signed a a very well deserved long term contract with Denver. Right, but. Uh, you know what, even though I, I I was trying to be, you know, Mr. Positive about Cushenberry, our center, and saying, oh, you know what, he's still learning, he's still learning, you know, give him next season, give him next season. I can't lie to you, Rich. I am so excited to see what the gut can, you know, can do for us out there. Because, I mean, his college play tape is impressive, and you just see him out on the field, being him even if he's not practicing or playing football it's like you know this guy is is hungry he's ready to play and yeah but you realize
1: that the Friar Tuck block is not a legitimate one in the NFL right
0: <laughs> now I do <laughs> 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 but I, I you know what and don't get me wrong I, I have a lot of respect for Christian Barry. I know he's been out in the media and telling people you know I'm, I'm learning I'm going to I'm working on mistakes and, and everything But I feel that out of those five guys, Cushenberry is probably the most likely to lose his starting position after preseason.
1: Well, I I, see. So you have uh, just kind of from left to right. You have, I completely agree. I mean, Bowles isn't going anywhere. Uh, I mean, now the only benefit to us as a team is if Bowles does, knock on wood, whatever reason, get hurt or injured, which he has not uh not done really to this point is we have um uh Anderson on our team who absolutely stepped in when Bulls was at that remember that one game last season? And mm-hmm. did he ever play well? And that was one of those uh that was one of those things that really took me aback. Now, since we're getting into the offensive line and since a couple of our offensive linemen have beards, I happened to cut mine we're going to bring in another bearded co-host of ours into the chat. Thank you Johnny for joining us. Let's get this show on the road.
0: Woo, okay. there he is. So, uh, all
1: right, so guys, I'm here now so
2: you two can live, okay? Um we pre- I appreciate you holding it down for me. Um but uh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hi guys. Sorry about that. Um I was trying to get home, had a just had some things to do with the family today and um, major accident on the on the interstate, and we were uh, stuck in literally not not even stop and go, just traffic for an hour. So getting home to get on the pod was a nightmare. But I'm here, and I missed you guys, and this, and I'm excited to finally be here. So what the heck are we now, talking? Johnny, about? I
1: noticed you have changed, likely from your outfit before you were in. Um, I don't need a full dress commercial moment, so please stay seated. I know you probably don't have pants on and, and this, is, this, is, this is a kid-friendly show, okay?
0: No, John, Johnny has a phone booth uh, he carries with him, and it's just like Superman. Oh, okay, that when works. When it's time to defend Broncos country, he just goes in and quick change. That works. Orange Johnny. and blue, baby. Quick change. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Johnny, so- but we were just discussing the <laughs> offensive line, and where uh, I was telling Rich that out of those five positions, as much as could, I, I love and respect Cushionberry, I think he's probably the only one that's really close to losing his job should uh, the gut go out there and have an outstanding performance uh, after the preseason.
2: Okay, so should – I mean, so so you think – you uh, do you think that um, it, it's hing- – obviously it is hinging. Do you think that it's only hinging on the gut's performance or do you think the gut's winning that competition right now?
1: Oh, now, now that's a super super interesting angle on it um my, my my opinion is the same so i got into it a little bit with uh one of the mhh guys uh which i still have to respond back to um i, I look I'm, I'm i'm a big dude i can handle it so yeah um in terms of in terms of uh yeah exactly in terms in terms of just like blocking style running style all that kind of stuff and and while I'm always a huge fan of stats and I think they, they have their place, I, I think it has to go within the context of the actual game tape and game film that, that, that you watch. Mm-hmm. So as an example, when we looked at Cushenberry play last year, Cushenberry and Glasgow, in my opinion, were very, very similar in terms of some of their play. Some of their play was downright awful, some of their play was mediocre. It was. Sorry. At best. Look, I'm I'm trying to be nice. I'm Canadian. Um so <laughs> then you better I'm, then you better pucker
2: up and say sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't apologize for speaking the truth. I I, I have standards. Um so and bring
2: him and bring him a donut.
1: A donut. Ooh. Bring him a donut. <laughs> yeah. So so when you look at those two guys, they they basically, in my opinion, and the one big piece that I that I kind of tie the two together for me is I didn't see a lot of push forward. So I didn't see their I didn't see them moving their guy right. So when you're trying to run or have a run play, and you want to really help your running back jump into that second level and basically outright beat that linebacker, is always better for you to have your guard when they're blocking. To be able to physically move their their man or their assignment out of the way a little bit to give that extra separation for the running back so that they can get a full head of steam and just juke the linebacker. And okay. we did yeah. not see that from either our center or Glasgow, in my opinion. Now, pass protection is a completely different beast. That's not what we that's not what I'm talking about here. It's the run, it's the run blocking. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we really struggled. And when you can't set up a run block, you're not really scaring the defensive line because the run blocking is the, I am moving another man against his will. I am mm-hmm. stronger than you, and frankly, is demoralizing for the other team. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: All right, I, I mean, I agree with you in one respect, but I'm, I'm going to throw in a little something that I think might mix it up just a little. All right, Ooh, I heard that burbling from the from Das Boot.
1: Das Boot. Das Boot.
2: Anyway. I don't like <laughs> All right, so I want you to think about this for a second. It's just it's just a thought, but I think it I think it has some some validity and some value, okay? When you are surrounded by talent, your talent flourishes. All right. Now, Glasgow, you know, he's a vet. He's a veteran. We we you know, we brought him in, paid him big money because yep. of because of his tenure in the NFL because of his experience because of his stats he is he he's a good guard all right to be placed in between a right tackle position that was second or that was just you know just trashed last season Okay, and then a center who is struggling—you know—who's a rookie, who's young, who had no offseason to learn how to be an NFL center, which is one of the hardest positions in the exactly. NFL yeah. to learn. Yes, to be to be good at um, st- being stuck in between the two of them, I think it hindered his ability to play the game that he can.
1: Now I, I will absolutely agree. So, However. To a point. That will yeah. so continue. No, I was yeah.
2: gonna say. So that being said, if the you know obviously we we've addressed at least as best as we can with with Bobby Massey and Cam Fleming on the on the right tackle position, and then obviously we brought in Quinn Miners to to uh, bolster and bring some competition to the center position, and hopefully hopefully Kush, because I want you know I'd love to see Kush succeed because we 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 did give you know spend some decent draft capital on the guy. I would mm-hmm. love to see him succeed. So hopefully, I'm I'm praying. Like I love Quinn miners. I, I love the gut, and if and if he's the guy, he's the guy, and that's great. But I want to see. I do want to see Kush succeed. Um, so I would you know so hopefully either Quinn or Kush take a step a step up and explode, and then then that position that right guard position like Glasgow with Glasgow is is strengthened as a result of those around him. That's
0: yeah yeah no i i totally agree with you right there johnny the only setback of putting in their gut week one is the fact that you kind of mess with the gel that the offensive line usually has to have in terms of being you know a a formidable in terms of you know playing with each other because when you throw in a bunch of new guys it usually takes time for them to kind of gel together and get it. You know the feeling of okay this is how we work together when we have to shift left or when we have to shift right or when we have to pass protect so that's kind the of a problem that, yeah. yeah the struggle yeah. is real and that's kind you of a problem to... that they had last year with Barry himself yeah uh, i'm going to quickly
1: jump in there and just just make one quick comment there if they were to you know supplant kush with uh miners instead then that is isn't all likelihood as a result of preseason and what um, Miners has showed in preseason. And you'd also assume that that change would have been made with snaps together and showing that they can work cohesively together. I don't believe any offensive line coach in the right mind or an offensive coordinator in the right mind, we can debate whether or not Shermer has a right mind at all, in a different pod um, <laughs> and, and
2: there's no there's no debate
1: <laughs> um, and, okay uh. but at the very least we know that our head coach has got a pretty solid head on his shoulders and he is literally probably the best if not one of the best defensive minds in all of football i don't, and and don't know for really, me oh uh, i agree the frowniest i know it's great <laughs> um it's great he, he totally belongs in canada um so um <laughs> um so when you look at all that i just they would have to have that chemistry ahead of time they're not just gonna they're not gonna just say week one minors go play
2: <laughs> probably not i mean i i you know maybe i mean obviously if if he shows up in training camp which that is that that is the theme of the show today right is our expectations for training camp correct correct so, sir i'm so sorry i i'm so sorry that i was that i, I got here late um but no, I mean, I really do hope um, that, you know, they can make that, take that step. You know, it, it, you know, the offensive line is one of those, you know, it's, you have your skill positions, you know, your running backs, your wide receivers, even your tight ends when they're not blocking, you know, obviously a tight end when he's blocking, he's part of that offensive line, mm-hmm. but you, you have the skill positions and they kind of, co- I mean, they complement each other, but they, they're, they're still kind of, you know, an individual, you know, the individual's talent and Uh, the offensive line, especially it, it it is a flowing, cohesive unit, plain and simple. And, you know, um, I I don't know if you all are very familiar with um, the Spartan, the Spartans and, and the, and like their, their battle tactics, but you know, the, the Spartans had their, their phalanx is what they called it. And it was their shield wall. And the concept was that each guy, each guy's shield covered the, the guys, his left, from shoulder to neck. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, they said it in the movie 300, but, I've, but I mean, it's it's in a lot of other research and everything. And if a single member of that line fell, the entire the entire thing was affected and everybody could die. It, yep. So the offensive line, for all intents and purposes, is the shield wall of the quarterback. Ooh, I mm. like that. Oh my gosh, I just made a great metaphor. I, I feel good about that. The offensive line is the quarterback's Spartan shield wall. They have to move as a unit. They have to work together. If one of them is off, the whole thing falls apart. Yep. And we saw that. We saw that last season. I think, I do. All right, expectation time. Woo! I got to sustain my expectation. I think the whole offensive line takes a major step forward this in, in training camp. One, they've had more time together. Two, they've, they've been practicing already almost for, for six weeks now. You know, that's that's right now. What they what they have practiced now is more than they had last season going into the actual season.
1: I also think yeah. they have better talent on the roster this year than they did last year. And uh, that's all uh, around. <laughs> just, just, no, like just no. But I'm specifically talking about the offensive line. Now, I agree. if if we are going to in turn if we're going to be talking about training camp and and kind of what our expectations are between that, I think it would be a fair comment to make that. How well Miners does will be how well he can do against Shamar Steven, uh, the defensive line, uh, the uh, basically the interior defensive lineman that we hired from um Minnesota. I think we brought him from Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I believe he, I, I don't remember where he came from. I,
1: th- I, thought he, I thought he was from the Vikings, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he was the Vikings. And, and we'll it up. Keep, keep I can't it. remember. And then, and then we also have, and then it would also be. Uh, it also depends on, on where Vic kind of stacks these guys in terms of who he's going to try and want to go against who. But you might also see uh, Miners go against uh, Purcell, for example, to see kind of where he fits against a run-blocking interior defensive lineman. Um, and, and those, are I think, are going to be the real and true test to see engage where is Miners versus someone like Kush since we've kind of gone on a little bit about the center position. Mm -hmm. And I think we're talking about the center position because, I mean, I think it was pretty glaringly obvious when we were watching games last year that... <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> you know. Just, I mean, that's you know. that, that, that's well said. That is yeah. well said. <laughs> yeah, I mean. um, you know, yeah. Center, it, it, center is imp- is it's one of the most it's most, one of the most underrated and most important positions on the field. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: Agreed.
2: you know, the center we we always talk about tackles because hey they they cover you know they cover the the edge rush and the left tackle is the at least you know as long as he's a right-handed quarterback is the quarterback's blindside protection but the center is the is a quarterback's first line of defense
1: you know Selfie and he right, basically calls out the um, the blocking yeah i mean he he has, he has to
2: lead that line right he has to you know read the he has, he has to read the defense just as well as the quarterback Yep. In order, to, in order to call, the, you know, to tell the rest of the line the right, the right formation, the right motion, in order, f- in order for the play to not break down. So, and and then of course, and then on top of that, he has to snap the ball on the right count and accurately. And and literally, as soon as that his hand that balls up his hand, he's got to have he's got to be ready to go forward and face off with it. You know, a six foot two behemoth mm. who who's ready to eat to try to eat his lunch. You know what I mean? So. It's a very difficult position to play, and it is—it's one of the hardest to learn. And, and I hope, hope, I hope both Kush and Quinn can take a step forward, and that that ultimately, my our ultimate hope, as it should always be, is that the team benefits from who and whomever wins the job. Um, but I, I mean, I expect—I honestly expect—I honestly expect it to, to be very close. Between I do too. Quinn I do and Cush, and it could come down to a it could come down to a single play in the preseason.
1: So I'd be very curious, just in general, what do you think Miners needs to do, and what do you think Cush needs to do? So we'll kind of go kind of a flip side, same coin, to win that center position. Do we think that Cush has basically got the job and it's his to lose, or are we actually looking at what was said in those pre in the preseason pressers you know just after the draft before everything kind of really got started where i mean i would argue that the coaches spilled the beans a little bit yeah. and they, they they literally actually more than a little bit a lot um and said you know we brought minors in to play center and it's like wait a minute but you just drafted a center the year before <laughs> so what do you think kush needs to do to keep the job and then i think the bigger hill to climb here is what do you think Miners needs to do and show in the lead into training camp and in training plant camp to basically push and Barry out of the way and say you're my backup? I'm the starter now. Uh, Don, you want to start this one?
0: Man, you know what? I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. I don't have a specific right. answer for you.
2: Cush needs to bully. He needs to. He like. Uh, where where is it? I saw it here. Oh, EJ said it. Better bully wins the job at center. Mm-hmm. And you go yeah. up here to EJ earlier. If Miners can move his man from point A to point B consistently against his will, then you have to start him over Cushy. So here's the thing: we've seen you know Quinn Miners. If he's viewing those players on the you know on the defensive line and those incoming as trees, <laughs> and he's moving them like he moves trees.
0: Call him a lumberjack.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the lumberjack, the 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 lumberjack, the gut. Who who you know? What he's got so many names. <laughs> Cushionberry needs to step up that way. He needs to impose impose his will upon his opponent. Like it's 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 not just something to to get in the way of somebody. I mean, I can get in the way of somebody. Maybe okay. not for very long I'm handicapped you know I've got my ankle injury but you know what I mean <laughs> like I can get in the way what uh, what he needs to be good get good at is making making his opponent bend to his will you're going right. where I say you're going right mm-hmm. plain and simple
0: yeah uh, you know what and just to piggy off of that it's the pressure's on for Lloyd Mm -hmm. Cushenberry you know I'm pretty sure he wasn't expecting the Broncos to pick up a center even that early in the third round so I'm pretty sure that to him kind of lit a fire inside him like okay the competition's real there's somebody coming for my job so I gotta go out there especially since like he like we talked about uh before Johnny came in Rich that he said that I, he went on the media because he's seeing the same hype that we're seeing, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll admit, I'm caught struggled the Yeah, yeah. I'll
2: so, give it to him there. He's humble, and he and he and he owns. He's owned mm-hmm. how he looked last season. He literally said, yeah. "I looked like crap last season."
0: Yeah. And Mike Munchak doesn't seem like the kind of guy who you can try to pull the wool over his eyes. And
2: no, you he's know, pretty, he's it, a pretty smart.
0: He's pretty smart. He, he's a pretty smart man. If he says, if he sees that. Cushenberry cannot get the job done or, you know, falters or does not live up to the what he said he was gonna do, maybe even by preseason, we could see a different center come week one.
1: Well, I again this all depends on which side of the fence you land on as a Broncos fan in terms of where you think the influence is coming from on the team. There are some that will argue and will argue that they are correct in saying, look how much time and resources we put into Garrett Bowles and try to work him out of the penalties and some of those types of things, right? And correct that kind of stuff. And then others will say, well, he just kind of developed and and left tackle is one of the hardest positions to fully transition away from college from. So the question now becomes... A, what side of that fence do you land on? If you land on the first side where we poured resources into him in terms of Munchak and uh, Cooper, Chris Cooper um, into coaching, then there's nothing to prevent us from doing the exact same thing with Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners, or even uh, Mooty, who I'd like to get to, and I think we've had some comments on him as Uh well, to, to try and prop up. I think it comes down to draft capital. Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Position. I mean, right. look, as much as I love Kush and I love what he did, I loved what he did in college at LSU. I mean, you know, uh, he, he was granted what was it, number 18, I believe, which is a, which is prolific in LSU. You don't get that number unless you are, you know, a leader of men. And mm-hmm. he did, he'd got, he got, he was gifted, he was granted, or not gifted or granted, he was, you know, be, um, bequeathed that number. And, you know, and he lived up to it at LSU. And I, lo- I was excited seeing him coming in. Okay. But, you know, he's a, he, what was his, he was third round, right? Kush.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Same as minor.
2: Yeah. So there I'm you sure. go. You know, you look at Garrett Bowles, the resources and time put into developing and taking care of him. Numero uno. He was the, you know, he was a first round draft pick. We, we gave up a lot to, you know, like that, that was one, we were betting the future of the franchise on that pick. And they put, I, I, the only reason that they put as much time, in my opinion, the only reason they put as much time and effort into developing and making sure he wasn't a bust was because, you know, because of the, of how high it was. Uh right. Otherwise, otherwise, if he had been a third rounder, a third round left tackle, sayonara. Like they did, they just said goodbye right, but, a long but time. But That ago.
1: very much goes into exactly what I was saying earlier, right? Which is we put those resources and, I tend to agree with you, by the way, Johnny. In terms of, uh, we put those resources into him, likely due to draft capital spent to bring him in, right? However, right. however, that also means that we have those resources now that we can, you know, pivot, you know, refocus, if you will, elsewhere on that line. So whether or not we want to focus on the offensive center more heavily, or if we want to maybe spread that across the remaining linemen, uh, you know, Reisner, Kush, and maybe Muti, who are certainly guys that you could see our team wanting to elevate a little bit. Um, I think that would be better for us. As you said, having this depth on the offensive line is a relatively new issue for us as a team. We have had very, very thin offensive line talent, generally speaking. And we also have to remember, in all of that as well, we have Anderson over there, who uh, just before you, you came in here, stepped in for when uh, Garrett Bowles got injured last season for mm-hmm. that one game. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was super super impressed with his level of play on yeah. the left hand side.
2: Yeah. Now I don't I don't I don't think he's ready to start. I you know no matter what anybody says uh, I don't think he's there yet. Soon, especially with the time he spends with his big brother Garrett Bowles. I mean the two of them spend so much freaking time together. They like it, it's, it's they're like a, from what I've heard, from what I've read, they're inseparable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he'll he'll develop. He will. I just sure. don't think he's I don't think he's developed yet quite enough yet to
0: be started. Sure. Why? Right. Well, you know what? We spent a lot of time on this, but I think we actually got to a lot of good opinions. So let's yeah, we have been a lot to, of time on the O line, <laughs> which is great. I love it. Well, if you're going to look it. at where
1: our team was last year, offens- offensively, that was where some of our biggest pitfalls came from. Absolutely. So, uh, no I think argument. If, if, if yeah. as Broncos fans, we want our team to succeed, and frankly, that's why we're all fans is that we want our team to succeed. It, it, As we said at the very beginning of the segment of the offensive line, it starts and ends with them because they're the ones that help keep the quarterback upright and drive the running game, right? So It's hmm. our
2: shield wall. That's the newest thing. Yeah, it's it's, rip- uh, your- hashtag, hashtag shield wall.
1: Shield wall. <laughs> if you if you tweeted that out at a couple of the linemen, we'll see T shirts at training camp. I'm
2: gonna make it happen. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. We're, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna DM Quinn Miners and tell him I want him to make a shirt that says Molon Labe
1: <laughs> right across
2: the front. Come, or you know the the equivalent of come and get him. In
1: yeah, right.
0: Team. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I was gonna say we should transition to wide receivers and tight ends since yes, we're fine. getting a little bit short on time. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, wide receivers, losing Cortland Sutton still hurts, even, even to just watching that video of him going down. And I'm pretty sure that Steelers game was very hurtful because not only did we lose our quarterback, but we also lost our wide receiver. And, you know, you got to give credit to Jeff Driscoll. He didn't have a really good game after that Steelers game. And had we had and Sutton for the rest of that game, The Broncos maybe possibly pull out a W instead of, you know, going out trailing, but, you know, that's, that's, it's history, it's happened in the past, but losing Corland Sutton was a prime example of just how important it is to have your number one out there. And Mm -hmm. losing him is also an example of how your offense can suffer when your number one isn't out, isn't out there. Now, I got to give a lot of credit to Tim Patrick because he did an, uh, an amazing did. job filling in. So, you know, my hat's off to him. He definitely he's going to be owed some big bucks in the future. Hopefully it's with Denver. And your, it's your,
2: your, your hat is still on there, Adon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to <get> <laughs> uh, so we are so stacked at wide receiver. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, you yeah. know, I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want that injury bug to come back. And as, as stacked as we are, as stacked as we are, you know, my probably only concern going forward is T.J. Hamler. That hamstring has been pretty bothersome, and it's been I nagging. just yeah, it's been a nagging injury, thank you. And I just need to see or want to see what steps uh, the the coaching, if not himself, have taken to try to you know not put more pressure on him and mm-hmm. not reaggravate that same injury.
2: Absolutely. Hands so all it- right. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. He, he re injured his hamler string. Yeah, uh, yeah his hamler string. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, let's talk expectations in this, okay? Do you expect, do you expect Court to come back at true to form to what he was before the injury? And two, Do you, uh, who, which, which of the wide receivers do you expect in training camp will, will shine as the number one receiver?
0: If it's Drew Locke, I think that him and Corlin Sutton can kind of pick up where they left off at the end of 2019. Okay. That's my expectation because those guys were pretty much MIA the first three weeks last year. And it's pretty ironic that both of those guys got hurt in the exact same game, within like what twenty to thirty minutes of each other. So you yeah. know, if, if that's not sweet irony, I,
2: heartbreak, I don't know what is. heart heartbreak can really do bad things to you.
0: Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, so what do you, what do you think, Rich? I mean, what the answer is? Um, no. i mean just no he he's coming off of uh, of a fairly major injury which impacts uh comfort level twitch and he still got to get back into a full speed game with regards to his repaired acl we saw what chubb did last season coming off of his acl it took him between three and four games to come back to a point where you started to see him return back to what you would deem standard or normal form I think that is a fair expectation for us as Broncos fans to have for Cortland Sutton. If he comes back better than that sooner, you are not going to hear me complain ever. However, it is an unrealistic expectation for us as Broncos fans to expect Sutton to all of a sudden have the speed, the route running, the cutting and all that kind of stuff having now just gotten back into game speed and all that sort of stuff. And in terms of uh, training camp and, and, and receivers that I think are going to, we'll just say pop, like ones that you're going to say, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. I think the one for me is going to be Tyree Cleveland. Um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, and, and, and sorry, I'm, I'm trying to go with the less obvious options. Like I think a lot of people are expecting Jerry Judy to kind of have that major leap. I'm wanting to go a little bit deeper <laughs> in the depth chart and and say mm-hmm. who do I think is going to be the one that's going to surprise people? I think it's Tyree Cleveland. I think we saw some special things in the back end of last season from Ty- uh, from Cleveland, and I think we're going to continue to see that that develop and that kind of continued development from him uh, into this season. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people.
2: Okay. I mean that's yeah.
0: Yeah, but go ahead, go ahead, Johnny.
2: No, 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 go.
0: Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add to that that I too am expecting big things from Jerry Judy because, you know, I, I'm, I give him all the credit. His his route running skills are amazing. I mean, compared to the two other guys that went before him and Ceedee Lamb and um, I, I can't think of the other guy's name from the Raiders, uh, it, it was just amazing. The only thing that really killed it for him in terms of It being where you could say like he had a a decent or an okay rookie season was those drops in that Chargers uh, game. I mean, he had three possible touchdowns, maybe two, and he just dropped them. So, you know, catching the ball is trying, it's got to be a number one thing for him to, you know, correct and fix going into training camp. Also the whole going on social media and clowning or, you know, kind of, Acting, acting his
2: age. Oh my goodness! That was not supposed to be a thing. That was not supposed to happen.
1: And I'm so sorry that, is that it a did. Special soundboard.
2: Yeah, I don't know what that was.
0: But uh, oh my goodness! Thank you for waking me up, though. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and. <laughs>
2: La, la, la,
1: la, 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 la. I was unaware that you were such a big Kevin Bacon fan. Hey, Footloose. You know, I may not be like you know Footloose
2: is the greatest movie ever made because it's not, but Footloose is a is a classic. All right, please, it is okay. Oh,
1: you know, Six Degrees uh, of Kevin just, Bacon. I guess.
0: Let me just say, for the record, <laughs> we do not own the rights to the music you guys just heard. So.
2: Now. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, the, and the music was
0: unintentionally played. Okay, yeah. we're sorry, Mr. Travolta. <laughs> oh,
2: that was
0: that was. Uh, mm, mm. Hey, today's was... been a day, Johnny.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. So wide receivers, what about um, has anybody else is anybody else really excited about what they've seen from Kendall Hinton? He's still
0: fighting for a roster spot. Now,
2: I, I know. Heard. I mean, honestly, honestly, I still think he only makes the practice squad. But I be- I truly believe, and that's just because of the ridiculous depth we have at that position. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I-, I honestly believe if we did not have some of the depth we've got at that position, Kendall Hinton would be a shoe in just based on what we've seen, to at least make the 53 man and at least maybe like play some special teams. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I mean, I think he makes the practice. I the have squad a quick now.
1: comment on that. I think Hinton's making of the roster mm-hmm. depends on if Boone becomes the return man or not. Because I think that basically would push, perhaps. Uh, a guy like Spencer, because he's not done a whole ton and not really looked spectacular on the offensive system here. And I think Hinton. Remember, Hinton it was a, a quarterback in college, transitioned to wide receiver, went undrafted. He's a better all, wide receiver than he is a quarterback. But he's a better wide receiver than he is a quarterback. And mm-hmm. you know who else was a better wide receiver than a quarterback? Julian Edelman of the New England nah. Patriots. And former. He made that trend. I know that's a blasphemous thing to say on a Broncos podcast, but forgive me just for a moment. Is when you have a, a, a wide receiver who has the quarterback mindset and can read things like a quarterback can, but then also run routes and catch balls like a wide receiver can. It really does put you in a pretty solid position as a as a team, and can give you a bit of a leg up because he can see things and do things. That are perhaps more in line with what the quarterback would expect, just because they're on a similar wavelength. What? Amen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I, I mean, I, I again, I think Kendall Hinton, I think Kendall Hinton makes the practice roster or the practice squad for the, for this year. Yeah.
0: If Kendall Hinton gets picked uh, up now, by another team, it'll be because of the fame he earned in Denver.
2: I mean, you know, the, the, the guy, the guy, the guy will forever have a place in, Bron- in Broncos history, whether, whether it's, you know, if it's for a single thing, but that single thing is something no other, no other player in NFL history has done what he did that day.
1: I was going to say that's not Broncos
2: That's not Broncos, that's an an NFL thing
1: He's going to be in that quiz game for the NFL Where it's like Who was the player?
2: (laughs) And now For the million dollar Which which Wide receiver Stepped in during the Denver Broncos uh, You know, the Denver Broncos New Orleans Saints game in 2020 As the quarterback Due to the NFL Being a bunch of buttheads and let's uh, hope they get Kendall it right. Hinton. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, 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 if they don't say Kendall Hinton, they're, they're going home with, you know, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Should have hoped, hoped for no whammy. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. No, hey, so. no, no whammy.
1: This is actually a really interesting one, and I, I was hoping that someone might bring it up. So thank you, Travis. Seth Williams is a super interesting wide receiver as well. He is. I, I think it's... I think this is going to be a really, really, really interesting. I don't think training camp is going to be where someone like Seth um, shines. I think it'll be preseason where he starts going against actual competition. Because then you end up with the size mismatches, which I think are going to be more interesting for us as fans and coaches to kind of see what happens. But what do you guys think?
0: I think Pat Sherman's got so many toys to play with, he doesn't know which one to start with.
1: He didn't know what to do last season with the toys he had either. So what does that what does
0: that say? <laughs> hey, Year one, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for year one, but going into, well, it's not technically year one. It's his, it is his second year, right? Yeah, it's his second year. So going into year two, he should be able to know what schemes he can run with his tight ends and whatnot. Uh,
2: but here's the uh, problem is that his entire offensive scheme is almost two decades in the past. Uh, like you know, the dude. <laughs> yeah, we gotta have
0: mean, some. We gotta have some faith in there, Johnny. I know. I'm I, trying. I what I'm trying
2: so hard, buddy. But I swear to God, until that guy can, until someone can walk up to that guy and say, "Hey, what's a jet sweep?" and have him give the correct answer, and when and 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 execute a good jet sweep at the right time.
1: I mean, sure, I, I have I have one more thing to add. When we as fans saw a screen pass thrown once last season, and Twitter literally blew up, and that started trending from Broncos fans, that's a problem. It is. <laughs> it's a major problem, and I don't understand why.
2: Because the screen pass is not a new concept.
1: No, I know. Okay,
2: no, I mean, no, for crying out loud, maybe within the last thirty experience. years. I mean, for no, no, I'm for crying out loud. Gale Sayers had one of the most incredible. You know, the, the most incredible career game in the history uh, for a single player in the history of the NFL was, was by Gail Sayers. And I mean, three of the three of the, I think what was it, seven or eight touchdowns he scored in a single game or whatever were screen passes. And that was in this, that was in like the, uh, that was a long, long time ago. I don't remember the date, and, right. but I should look it up.
1: I'm just saying, where, the screen pass Seth is Land? not a new concept. So, so where do you think Seth lands? How, how do you think training camp plays out for a guy like Seth?
2: Um, it's to be seen. Again, the, the position, the wide receiver position, is so ridiculous. Stacked, yeah. It's, too, it's it's too much. Like, I mean, really,
0: it's it's practice squad. I mean, you look you look right at now. like the,
2: the guys. You look at the guys that everybody talks about, right? That's already four, five, five that we're retaining, and we're going to need these retain at least two more. That's like we're going to have seven or eight on the roster, and that that's insane. Be that's what it's going to be. And mm-hmm. I mean, and and you already look at the ones that everybody's like, you're gonna have them on the field. That's they literally make up five of those eight. So that leaves maybe three, three guys: Tyree Cleveland, Deontay Spencer. You know that can make the that can, th- can attain those three slots. And right, no, I totally. You I know, would love to see it. Maybe maybe he makes the team for special teams. But right now, with with the uh, as much as I, I, I like the pick that we made on Seth Williams, as much as I like that he's you know in Denver and we're rocking the orange and blue right now, I don't foresee him usurping some of the talent that's already at that position right now. You know, maybe a season or two down the road as these guys filter on through with the, with free agency, they move on to greener pastures or, or you know possibly greener pastures. Uh, We've seen that in the past, you know, um, possibly possibly then 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 he can start you guys like him can start making the team. But I honestly don't think he's making the at least not at the position of wide receiver. He if he makes the team, it's on special teams.
1: And the other thing that was brought up, Don mentioned earlier, and we're getting super tight on time. So I just want to make sure that we, we we cover this off. It was brought up about K.J. Hamler and his hamstring injury and the fact that he has spent at least a fair amount of time even last season where he hasn't been able to play or hasn't played well and that kind of stuff just as a result of his injury. Mm-hmm. Do we think that that may play a major role this season if we choose to, like if we have this additional depth at wide receiver, do we think that might impact his status on our team in training camp and whatnot if he gets hurt again?
0: Probably, I mean,
1: uh, L- like like I, I said, I guess I guess on the flip side of that is, do you think that we then just push him to IR since we have a fair number of wide receivers that we seem to be fairly mm, confident and, in? Yeah, that'd be pretty. I drastic. Mean, if he t- I
2: mean, if it's something, if it's something more than a strain, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right it's now good. at this point, it's a hamstr- It's a it's it's just a re- hamstring strain. Over, yeah. I mean, it's over and over and over again, but it is. It, it thus far, it has just been a strain. Mm-hmm. um pray pray to the football gods pray to you know Jesus Allah whoever you might pray to that it doesn't get worse for him um you know be, but because I mean soft tissue injuries, especially lower body soft tissue injuries they don't just go away. I mean they don't go they might not go away ever right I mean the, the, those kind of injuries don't just heal and they're so so easy to re to re aggravate, you know, he could literally be walking down the stairs in his house and step wrong off the bottom step. And suddenly, Oh gosh. And it it looks like a scene from, you know, you know, uh, Mr. Wilson and Dennis the menace with, you know, Oh my back. You know, it just (laughs) out of nowhere, just suddenly he's, Oh God, my leg. Oh. And he, and all he did was take a step off the staircase. You know I mean? (laughs) I'm glad you guys got a kick out of that one. But uh, you know, it, it isn't. It, it is what can happen, and you know, it. it I, I foresee him making special teams if he makes any position at all right now. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, practice sc- or yeah, practice squad, and ready to ready to slot in.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 that'd be my guess. <laughs> oh,
2: geez, Mundungus. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> too hard of a fart and you throw your back out. <laughs>
0: hey, the boss ain't lying, man. I'm telling you, we're, I'm uh, I'm getting up there in age where be is that, is that one of those
1: hashtag old man problems? Hey, listen,
2: listen. I'm a I'm an army vet, okay? Like <laughs> my you know, I I'm 32 years old, but but with all the deployments I've been the deployments I've been on, the Injuries I've sustained. Everything else, I think my like I think the algorithm said that my body is like seventy, you know, like oh god, yeah, thirty two. Wake up out of bed and stand up and go, oh, oh, ah, you know, it, yeah, it's it's terrible. So yeah. we're,
1: we're nearing the end here, uh, guys. Uh, uh, some positions we haven't really covered off, and I wanted to make sure we were able to at least get something in if we wanted to. Was uh, cornerbacks, inside linebackers, are, are two positions that I think, um are gonna definitely and 100% beat uh, training camp battles. Uh, wanted to know your thoughts, your feedback, anything else that you guys might have to say on those two uh, positions, which I think are gonna be really fascinating.
0: Uh, man, I wish we had the time, but all I can say is that I'm, I'm super excited what I see on paper and watch it come to fruition in just under just what, under three, two months or whatever? I can't wait. It's going to be bandiddly-tastic.
2: Um, expectation for the secondary. This secondary, you know, we're already, everybody's already pretty much expecting it. Okay. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This secondary, yeah, I already said that. Hammer string. <laughs> um, this secondary in, in training camp before we even hit the preseason is going to blow up. Like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be watching training camp practices, and we're gonna see, uh, you know. And here's here's the one a caveat I'm gonna make: everybody's gonna blow it up on Drew Locke whenever he throws a pick. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just offer forward the fact that he's going to be going against who I believe is about to blow up to be the number one secondary in the NFL. And these guys these guys are getting their practice in too, people. And, and they're and they're getting those picks because that's how they practice to get them picks in the regular season. So it's going to happen a lot. I, I foresee the secondary exploding and showing us some exciting stuff. I mean, P. I'm excited about PS2. I'm excited about about um Kyle Fuller, you know, rocking in orange and blue. Um, you know, it's it's going to be exciting. So that's my that's that's what I see for foresee for the secondary. They blow up in training camp and show the whole NFL po- you know preseason. We, we are here and we are about to take this you know take this place by storm.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. I think we have better depth this year. I think we have uh, better fits for Fangio's uh, scheme that we acquired in the offseason. I mean, we already know what Fuller can do in a Fangio scheme. He looks you know excellent in Chicago under Fangio. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> right, um, and so I, I think we're in, I think we're in a good position when it comes to our secondary. Uh, the one concern that I have is just I, I don't want to see a repeat of what happened to us last year at that particular position group. That is a concern of mine uh, because it did seem to be that all of the defensive backs seem to go down with a similar injury. So I really do hope that we have kind of moved past that as a team. Yeah. And uh, but I think we have much, much, much better depth so we're not going out and finding the guy in the stands to fill in for the next game.
2: Agreed. I mean, <laughs> honestly, a lot of it I think was a fluke. It just it yeah. just was I said this a, a few months back. Last season was Murphy's law meets a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like what can go wrong will go wrong and it went it went wrong as bad as it can go. Right. like it just it was it was like the two the two worst things you know the perfect storm meets murphy's can go wrong will go wrong and the worst possible outcome was what happened yeah it, and and it, it, it I honestly i don't think it's going to look like that again this season i mean the odds of that are low because the odds of it happening the way it did last season were were low
0: right you know so uh, yeah but unfortunately guys we are out of time So we're going to have to uh, end today's segment. Guys, that's going to have to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for everybody that joined us in the chat today. I do apologize. I'm not able to usually thank everybody individually like I normally do because I can't see the uh, chat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The boss uh, with a closing statement, he says, I will say this. While obviously they will be going against the best secondary in the NFL, the best quarterbacks in the league, find a way to not throw picks. We will have to see if Block can learn. And and that's very well said. It's, it's, I with he's that. not wrong. Yeah, definitely not wrong. Uh, guys, want to thank all of you guys, like I said, for joining us tonight. And we want to thank every single person, whether you're listening to or watching us live, or you're listening to us after the fact on repeat or on audio. Again, guys, we are on a quest for 1,000 subs. Wait, 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 wait. Ready,
2: ready, ready? The quest. For 1,000. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. That, I, it feels longer than normal. I got to get it, used to that.
2: It's a new thing. It's a new sound. Uh, unfortunately, my old one disappeared.
0: Yeah. So, guys, we are on a quest for 1,000 subs. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like on Facebook or on Twitter, and retweet the show's hashtags. Everything, guys. We need your support for 1,000 subs. As we stated at the beginning of the show, we are—if we hit when we hit a thousand subs, I should say. Glenn Hauser will be rocking the barrel man barrel on the following show on Mile High Roundtable. And speaking of which, guys, make sure you catch Mile High Roundtable this Thursday at 7654 on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You know where to put them. It's gonna be an action packed show, I guarantee you. Stay tuned on Twitter so you guys figure out or know what the topic for that show is. Um, and I uh,
2: believe this week it's Zach Seegers.
0: I think oh, so. Zach
2: on Thank the show. You. Yeah, those, so it's
0: Zach Seeger. Thank, oh yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah, you know, thank you. it's Zach Seeger that's going to be on the show. And then on Sunday, we have the Nothing Rhymes with podcast, which is our good friend, man up top, Broncos Viking, and of course, his co host, my good friend Isaiah Pookie Knights. And they're gonna
2: <laughs> have... <laughs> oh, he's never gonna get away with it from that,
0: and he's not. Oh, and not. they're gonna have. They're going to have all the up to date Broncos news and stories for you that we have uh, missed during the week. So, guys, with that being said, make sure you hit us up on Facebook, YouTube at Richie Richie individually, Broncos Viking, myself at a 6 foot 10 Mexican, and MHRT Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Guys, for Richie and Johnny and myself, have a good night, guys. We'll see you all next week. Bye.